everyone, and welcome to Live the Sage Life podcast with your host, that's me, Lisa Van Hera. And today I'm so grateful for you to be joining in and listening because I'm getting pretty deep, pretty personal, and sharing some things with you that really changed my life and what has brought me here today to be hosting this podcast, to be sharing these experiences and stories with you, to be sharing my healing journey with you. Um, and beyond that, it's a healing journey and a return to within. It's a return to self. So that's where we're going today is all about what does that mean and what does that look like to return back in to yourself, to remove those layers, to remove those masks and start that journey back home. That's how I refer to it. There's many different ways and many different um, words that can be used with that. But I, I love the phrase returning back to home, returning essentially back to yourself and who you really are. So on today's episode, what I'm going to share with you is a little bit about addictions, attachments, and why we formulate those and then how we become aware of those and then how we change, which is going into a little bit of my story with that. And I would like to start off this episode today. Can you feel it? Like I'm already feeling it of it's a little bit deep. It's a little bit uncomfortable. And this podcast is all about having fun cracking jokes, being lighthearted. And there's times to go into some of those dark caves, so to speak, of what we may not really want to see or may not really want to face. But that's like where the treasure lies, right? Even in the movie Aladdin, what does he do? He goes into that dark cave. It's like so scary. It's so uncomfortable. And through that, though, his whole life changes. Now, he does it for reasons of treasure of money, like all those kind of things, but it's not right or wrong. It's that he decided to take a chance and explore something. He went into the dark cave and then went on this great adventure. So going into the dark caves doesn't necessarily mean that it has to be scary. It's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable because it's somewhere you've never been before. You don't know what to expect. And that's where expectations we set expectations on so much different stuff in our life because then we're basically putting it into play of, well, now I have this expectation. Now I have this idea or understanding of how I'm going to get there and how I'm going to be comfortable, essentially, like how I can feel comfortable and how I can feel safe. So when we go into these dark caves of going within yourself, you're essentially going within the dark cave of you to where there's just this absence of light. There's darkness and light is both needed, right? With sleep, we need that darkness to have a good night rest, to have our bodies regenerate, for nature to do what it needs to do. There's so much more that goes into that. And then we also need the light so the plants can grow, so we can go about and do our daily activities. So going within into these dark caves is just like where we hadn't haven't shed light before, where we haven't connected with too much before and it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. And the cool thing about being uncomfortable 
is that's when you know you're going to grow. And that's when you know you're in a space you haven't been before. And that can be an opportunity for growth and expansion. So going into some of those dark caves today, which was for me all about shifting my perspective and my view on alcohol and what alcohol meant for me in my life. Um, Going back into my younger years, I really didn't start using alcohol or um, drinking alcohol much until my, probably until I was about 18. So from that point on, it was like, well, why do you enjoy alcohol? You enjoy alcohol because it's something socially acceptable. It's something you do with your friends. It's something you're enjoying. It's something you're um, feel you deserve or to celebrate or to have a good time. Oftentimes for a lot of people, at least I for myself, alcohol was allowing me to express and be who I really am without kind of all those walls and barriers and masks up, right? So it was that. And it was also then becoming something of an unconscious understanding and an unconscious uh, excessive use of. That's all addiction is, is an over-attachment or over-utilization of something in our lives, right? We're so on the pendulum swing or on the side of it where we're utilizing it, something that's, it's out of balance. We're over-attached to it. We're over-utilizing it. And for me, alcohol was that main choice for a long time. It was something that I utilized to express more of myself and be myself without having to kind of do the work or realize some of these feelings and emotions that were coming up. So that was it in the beginning. And then over time, it shifted to, well, it kind of helps me numb from pain in work and everything that I didn't really want to deal with in my life. So through the years from 18 to I was 41 when I stopped drinking, um, there was just different phases and different cycles of how much alcohol was my in my life. Sometimes were of heavier drinking, sometimes weren't. There was times in there that I didn't drink much at all. Uh, I can think of three years in there that I really didn't drink much at all. But it was something that I always kind of resorted back to, right? It was something that I, I kept showing up in my life. And I'll share the story with you of when I did stop drinking. But before we get there, I want to kind of use this as a backstory. This Pot, this episode today isn't about alcohol. It's about realizing our over attachments in our life. Where are they? How can we shift them? And how can we see them differently? And how can we see them as like, well, they're just something we're utilizing to avoid other parts of our life that we're perceiving as too painful to go into that dark cave and like unpack some of that stuff, right? So it doesn't have to be so scary. That's kind of the point of sharing this too. Your things that you're most avoiding in your life can be your biggest shifts and your biggest gifts just by shifting how you're looking at them, getting the support, the guidance, and understanding around them, like conscious understanding, so you can make the shift and you don't have to be in that avoidance stage for so long. So with the alcohol in particular for me, 
it was a means for essentially even in the beginning when I just wanted to have fun or just express who I really am and let those guards down, let the masks go. It was more than that. It was also still at that time numbing pain that I didn't want to address and didn't want to see. I didn't want to see going back even into my childhood and um, not understanding how things had happened to me, why they'd happened to me, how did they really happen for me, and how are the gifts, the insights, and the lessons that I can gain. So we go through life, right? That's 18. And then um, I had my oldest daughter at 22. And then I'm trying to figure out a relationship with my not yet then husband. And we're trying to build our careers. We're trying to figure out life. We're trying to make money, right? So there's all these things going on. So of course, understandably, and this is relating to you, the listener listening, is like, of course, there's understanding there of like why we do these things. We're doing the best we can. We're doing the best we know how to do. And consciously, we just aren't there to understand like how we can shift some of these things or see them differently. And we're going off of, well, what we've learned growing up, especially from that zero to eight years old. That's when we learn so much of what we end up taking into our lives. And then we're just kind of still in the survival mode this whole time. Well, I'm going to survive uh, being 18. I'm going to survive being a young mom. I'm going to survive uh, being in a relationship. And I don't have all the skills and tools for that. So we're always just kind of like going and moving into different spaces in our life where we've really never gotten how to do things, right? How to communicate, how to uh, be a mom, be a wife, be a partner, be ourselves. And we're going along for so long in our life just figuring it out. And that's cool. That's amazing because we definitely learn stuff. We definitely figure it out. (laughs) You've heard of the term school of the hard knocks. That's like definitely what we do is we have to learn the hard way. And then we start waking up to, well, there's somewhere, some way else to do this. So through that whole time at different stages in my life, alcohol was that for me. My choice of what to kind of numb from numb from life, numb from my experience, numb from uh, what I didn't want to deal with, allow myself to avoid stuff in my life more. And that was, you know, again, probably the number one choice. So I quit drinking when I was 41. But what got me to that is going even back probably like five years before that. All of it got me there. Yet five years before that, I had taken some self-development classes. I had kind of gotten exposed to more of that. It's probably even five years before that. And one thing that I was writing down in this journal, anytime I was journaling was, I need to drink less. I need to drink less. So if I go back through my journals, that's one thing I saw over and over again was I need to drink less. And so you see, even in that, it was like I had to some degree an understanding of the level to which alcohol was not helping me in my life. And the other degree of me, or the other half of me, was not ready to give it up, was scared to give it up, was still so attached to, well, it brings me fun, it brings me 
friends. It brings me um, hanging out. Like it brings me these experiences because I was scared. There was fear in there, right? A fear of if I let this go, how is my life going to change? And I already knew what my life was with alcohol. But without it, how were my relationships going to change? How were my friendships going to change? How were all these different things going to change? So that's where looking at it differently for me took some time. I was obviously becoming aware that it wasn't serving me and wasn't helping me. I mean, I could go into really how many different days and mornings or after a Friday night I would wake up and just feel like, like shit. I felt awful. I felt sick. It would take me the whole day to recover. Like it just at some point was all I knew as far as what fun looked like. Yet it wasn't fun the next day and it wasn't fun for a couple days after that. And then why did I still need to have a drink, especially when work got stressful? So another conscious turning point along there was realizing just how much I was thinking about alcohol, like where I live, not all restaurants serve alcohol. So there's like BYOB they have, and then there's places that do have their liquor license. So I would even think about, well, if I go to lunch here or go to dinner here, then that means I would have to go buy something and bring it rather than I can just go and there's already alcohol there. That's like how much energy and, um, It was energy and how much my mind was fixated on this of like thinking my day through around that. When am I going to be home? When can I have a drink? Because if I drink, then I'm not going to be able to drive or then I have to take an Uber. What am I going to have to do? I realized that my mind was so consumed on this and that that was a shift How much energy was I spending there? How much of my time thinking about it was I spending there? And it didn't change right at that time. Yet when I when I did have that happen, I went into not drinking for a month and having a dry month. We've heard of that, like dry dry January or whatever. I think this was May during COVID. And I decided, okay, well, that's enough. That's um, enough for now. And I'm going to take a break. So I want to read you an excerpt from my journal. This is from my journal, December 22nd, 2018. I keep coming back to the same pattern, drinking. Thursday night was date night, wonderful time together, but I feel I have undone or sabotaged so much of my hard work in the past week by drinking too much. I'm tired of being tired, tired of spending a few days catching back up to where I was. I want to keep the momentum and not keep starting over. Should I stop drinking? Will Ryan understand this? My fear is my friend's hubby won't support or understand this. My fear is all my changes could push Ryan away. I will not live in fear, yet it still crosses my mind. If I want to accomplish all these things, can I afford to waste the time making the same mistakes over and over? There is a pattern. I must break it. I must take care of my body, mind, and soul. Overindulging in food, alcohol gets in the way. How can we have date nights alcohol-free? How can we have better family time not eating out? Why must we always be entertained? 
When was the last time I just stayed home all day and just read and did basic stuff? Do we make ourselves a busy to avoid the pain, reality of life? I think so. So stuff must be done. Some is just fillers. And again, that was a journal entry I did on December 22nd, 2018. And adding to that, 22 months later, I would decide to let it go. Um, I was realizing patterns were made to be broken. And questions, as you heard in there in that excerpt, are so essential to ask. I started asking myself questions many years ago, and I didn't have the answers, but it was asking those questions and being open to it, which led me to connect with that more deeper. So that was 2018, and in October 2020, I would decide to quit drinking for good. How that happened was in 2020, of course, it was a year unlike any other we've experienced. And the year started off normal. I even had a couple trips for conferences and came back home. And then it was pretty much like everything shut down. Everything changed. And with that came survival mode again, right? It became survival mode of, well, what do we have to do right now? What makes the most sense? Prioritizing and kind of going into that fight or flight mode. Within the industry I was in, real estate and my husband as well, we went into thankfully having support within that industry with a lot of phenomenal people that were updating us on the daily basis of what we needed to do in our businesses, but also in our lives. So I'm so grateful for that. And that really did greatly impact our year. The other part of it was we went into, okay, everything's going to shut down. We may not really have an industry anymore this year. You know, you just don't, nobody knew what that year was going to look like or what was going to happen. And of course, many people were greatly affected with losing family, friends, like it it goes so much deeper than that. So I don't want to make light of this at all. And I'm just sharing my personal experience. So we managed to still work in our business, still get things closed. And, you know, with all the masks on, gloves on, sanitizing stuff. And then all of a sudden, we go into this transitional period where now everything's shifting and all of a sudden the market just takes off. Everybody wants to buy and sell. Everybody. And we went from that of thinking things aren't going to happen like we thought we were. And then it swung all the way to the other side where now we have so many clients to take care of. And of course, high emotional time to manage and to keep clients calm and safe and secure. So all that energy on our part was going out to taking care of our business, taking care of our clients, and what got avoided and neglected for so long was ourselves. We were hosting weekly happy hours on Zoom, which was amazing. It really was amazing because I know everybody that was on those calls needed the connection and the support the 
downside for me was just all the continued drinking. Drinking became more utilized during COVID because we were running around like crazy. We were managing our emotions, our clients' emotions, the kids being home, all that kind of stuff, and um, really avoiding a lot of the conversations that needed to be had. So alcohol was definitely more utilized during that time for myself. And, you know, mostly in the evenings, just after a long day's work. So we have this all of a sudden fight or flight. Now we go into amazing mode of selling all these homes, listing all these homes, helping amazing clients. Really, it, it was an amazing time in so many ways. The unamazing part was just that I wasn't spending the time taking care of myself and filling myself up. And I was just giving everything I had and not taking downtime to rest, recover, get off social media, get off my phone and take a break from work and from those things so I could fill back up. So we go into September and October, and those were some of our most amazing months we've ever had in our business. I think we closed over 20 homes. I forget the exact number. It was 23 homes in less than 30 days we closed. And that was really incredible. For some people listening, that may not be much for you. For us, it was a lot. And um, vice versa, it might seem like a lot for some other people. So we were really so grateful and so excited and so happy. That was a, a big piece of it. You know, my husband and I worked really hard to um, do that teamwork. And from his perspective, life was great. Everything was great. And we'd finally kind of clicked on how to work together, how to manage all these transactions, how to uh, take care of our clients, to make money for our family. And that's all amazing. And then this other part of me was just mentally, physically, emotionally felt sucked dry. I just felt I was physically shaking even there towards the end in October. I was physically shaking um, my everything within my being (laughs) had been telling me that for two or three months that I needed to stop and I needed to chill out. And I did try and do that. And I would go down to the shore and take some time or take a day. And still I was on my phone too much and still alcohol was a part of that. So again, when I'm bringing up alcohol, this is my story. We all have different things that we're overly attached to. You're hearing it in my story, but the overattachment can be the social media, can be work. We can get consumed in work. And it was both for me. It was work and alcohol that I was overly attached to. I was tying up a lot of my value in my work. And it can also be an overattachment to exercise or um, Netflix or video games, or it can be anything. Even exercise can be one if it's something we're utilizing to avoid ourselves and avoid other parts of our life. So just keep an open mind when you're listening to that. And when you're listening to my story is this isn't all about alcohol. It's just about over-attachment to something we're using to numb ourselves, to avoid talking, to avoid communication with other people in our life that are truly so special and so important to us and ourselves included, and that we're just fearful to do that, understandably. 
and also understandably wanting to challenge ourselves to live differently. So I was physically shaky. I was, I was tired. I, um, I really couldn't get clear. Like I, fe- I remember feeling very, like, not even foggy. It was just like I couldn't get clarity because my mind was just constantly running, and um, I probably wasn't eating the best either. And I was just shaky. I was just kind of shaky, overly exerted, overly worked. And so what I decided to do in October of 2020, I told my husband, I was like, I, I need to go away for the weekend. I really need to, to take some time for myself. I'm like, I'm, I'm tired and burnt out. I've got to reset. And so what I did is I went away to stay at a hotel for the weekend and I was going to take this online course, you know, it was about healing and all this amazing stuff. I like love that stuff. I had taken some courses on it before already over the years. And I was like, this will be great. I'm going to take this course on healing. I'm going to go away for the weekend and I'm going to get totally reset. And so I go away. I listen to this webinar like all day Saturday. And then that night after the webinar's over, I go out and have dinner. Actually, I don't even know if I had dinner, but I got drunk. I got totally drunk. I got back to my room and I pretty much passed out. And the next morning, I woke up with one of the worst, if not the worst hangovers of my life. And I was just like, oh my God, like, what am I doing? So I got out of bed. I was walking around the room and I was angry. I was like, what am I doing? And to be completely transparent. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing? What am I doing? What do I want in my life? Why am I here? Why did I do this again? And I was like walking around the room saying all this with all my arm gestures, like really getting animated about it. And I was like, I am sick of this. Enough, enough, enough. And like slapping my hands down together. And I just allowed myself to be angry and I just allowed myself to be vocal and ask like, why, why am I doing this? Why does this keep happening? What is it that I need to see? And I was just so angry at myself, started going back into that guilt of like, why would I have so much to drink last night? But in that moment, I was like, it's enough. I am done with this. Something's going to change. And that's even what I said is something's going to change. I think honestly, at that moment, I didn't even know that's what it was that I would, that I would stop drinking. But I knew that whether it was that or whatever it was, something was going to change. Something was going to definitely change. And when I had calmed down, when I had kind of come back around and really sat down, I was like, what am I doing? I kind of got this message in from myself or from internally or from God, whatever, whatever it was of Lisa, everything you need is at home. Here I was at this hotel room and, you know, I'd left home to go get some quiet time, which of course, is essential at times and needed. But in that moment, that was the message that I got was 
everything you need is at home. And so I decided I was going to stay there a few more nights, and I just decided that I would pack up all my stuff. I'd listen to the webinar on the way home, on my phone in the car, and I would drive back home. And I didn't go right back home. I went and sat in a parking lot for a while. I cried. I yelled. I had listened to the whole webinar, and I just knew in that moment that I didn't have the answers. I didn't know exactly what I needed to do, but I was totally open to whatever that is. So from there, I I did go home for the night and didn't say much to the family. And the next morning, though, I woke up and I decided to use everything that I learned in that healing uh, webinar that I had taken, and I was going to use that to detach from alcohol. So there's some various healing techniques in there, detachment techniques and cleansing techniques. And I did it all. I did all of it. I did it over and over again, over and over again, over and over again, because I was just that adamant that something needed to change, that I was at that point of enough, no more, and life needed to change. So that was just the beginning. <laughs> that was just the beginning. But I share this story because those breakdowns, those enough of this moments can be life changing. They can be your greatest gifts. And they can also be moments where you don't have to go down that low in your life. They can be now. They can be now in this moment, listening to this story, listening to what I've shared here today of what in my life is it enough of? What am I overly attached to? What is no longer serving me in my life? How can I gain the support, the connection, the wisdom within myself to start making some of these changes, making some of these shifts? And it's not a journey you have to do alone. That, for me, was just the beginning of the journey. That story was me by myself and obviously not as well. Because there was something that brought me to experience that. There was messages I got, like, you know, to go home that I needed to hear. So your journey is listening more and more to yourself, getting the support and guidance from others around you, especially that have already gone through things that can give you advice from their perspective of having already gone through some of it. But I leave you with this quote from Michael Singer. You naturally begin to center more and more on the spiritual part of your being. You do this not by reaching for the spirit, but by letting go of the rest. And that's Michael Singer. So by letting go of the rest, I decided that day, that story I share with you, to let go of something that wasn't serving me anymore. So you can ask yourself that of, is it too much time on social media? Is it too much time sleeping? Is it too much time uh, eating unhealthy food or working too much and avoiding things in your life? What, what is it? By letting go of the rest, 
is really just letting go of all those things of who we really aren't and remembering more and more who we are. So that's my story from that point in October 2020. um, I quit drinking. It's been two and a half years and it's something that I never, uh, ever, ever thought would happen, right? It was something I was exploring and you really start to look back and see how everything happened for you because that's just the beginning of a story that now has gone into so many other parts of my life where that was a huge shift into bringing me into more healing, to bring me into more experiences, more um, of my spirit quest, and to bring me here to this podcast to share more and more of my stories with you, to inspire you of how you can live more in a connected, fulfilled life by letting go of the rest of the stuff that isn't you anymore. Thank you for listening. You can find out more information by clicking in the links and visiting my website at www.livethesagelife.com where you'll find more information on coaching, events, this podcast, and more. Again, that's www.livethesagelife.com. Thank you for listening.